Hi. It's Monday. Um, today, work-wise, wasn't really that bad. Um, like, I slept pretty okay. Uh, last night, it took... It always takes a little bit longer to fall asleep on Sunday nights um, than other nights, but uh, it was fine. Like, nothing... You know, didn't wake up, like, exhausted or anything like that. Um, my my manager at work, I think, might have some sort of, like, I don't even know what. Her head might just, like, come off her body. Because um, December 17th, I guess, is the last day that we can get new, like, audits in or charts in for the, until the end of the year. Um, that's only in a couple days. I honestly don't know what date. It's the 14th. So that's like Thursday. So yeah, this week she's going to be probably a little bit crazy. It's a good thing that I don't care that much about that job. (laughs) About like, because like today she was doing like months ago, um, like a little bit after, I think it was like, like the beginning of October ish beginning to middle of of October when I had come back from surgery, but it was, like, when life was still really painful and everything, um, she was doing this thing where she was, like, I don't understand why nobody's hitting, like, the goals that you set. You have to, if you can't hit, if you're not gonna hit the goal by the end of the day, like, you have to email me and explain why, and my explanation was, like, I just had surgery and my body hurts. <laughs> That's literally basically what I said in a nicer words, but, she just did the same thing today to people and I'm like okay like I've been here long enough now I've been doing that job long enough now to not be like scared by that and just be like you're really over dramatic aren't you <laughs> um but I was able to do like I just worked the whole day like it's honestly nice that they now that they know that at the like at the end of the month they won't be after the end of the month they won't be like doing their position anymore um and we'll be back to being like laid off or whatever and they just like leave me alone like I just I can't be like that overly aggressive kind of salesperson-ish type job that's like I just physically cannot make the words come out of my mouth I just can't I'm sorry (laughs) um other than that today though I like watched a couple things that and actually last night too I watched some things that um were kind of were, were yeah I would say were triggery and also just like I guess emotional um but pretty both like some triggery and also just emotional that I've been thinking about as the day's gone on today, and I've watched, and I've watched some things, like, um, this one YouTube channel that I watched that goes, like, really in-depth into the different cases, um, I watched her, like, two-part thing on the Maura Murray case, and that case is just so, it's a really well-known case, like, if you've never been into true crime before, and don't know what the case is about um if you google it there's like five billion different like 
Dateline, 48 Hours Mystery, just, like, disappeared. The show disappeared on the ID channel, um, podcasts, documentaries, like, there's so much stuff about it because, um, I was telling my sister the other day, like, or when my sister and her boyfriend and I went to that, went to, to, like, the drive-through petting zoo Christmas lights thing, um, we were talking about this one, uh, the Kristen Smart case, where I watched, where I listened to the, um, a podcast about it, and then told my sister to listen to it, so we were talking about it, and I, when I was, when we were talking about it, I told them, like, I feel like ever since I started relearning about these, like, older cases that are from, like, like, Kristen Smart died in, like, 1996, I think, and so it was, like, a lot of, or, yeah, and so it's, like, a lot of the cases that happened in, like, the late 80s or, like, 90s that are still unsolved, I'm finding that a lot of them that are, haven't been solved for a long time aren't, like, because they're confusing or the, or it's, like, hard to find anybody, a lot of them are like that because the police fucked the cases up and just, like, lost evidence or, were super corrupt and didn't do a good job or didn't investigate anything or whatever. Both of those things happened in the Kristen Smart case. Um, but, like, the the Moore Murray case is, like, a, like a straight-up just mystery that nobody can figure out. And so many people have tried to figure it out. And, like, I remember back, like, years ago... Um, like, before, it was, I think it was, like, 2015, 2016, when I worked for, when I worked at the attorney's office where it was just the one attorney, so that was when I started, like, really getting into podcasts. I hadn't really ever listened to any before, before then, and, um, there was a podcast on the Maura Murray case, and I tried to listen to it, but it was seriously, like, crazy. It was just, like, these two young, like, guys just saying the craziest conspiracy theories they could possibly ever think of. Um, they didn't really have any evidence for anything that they were saying. They were just kind of, like, throwing shit out there and seeing what happened. They were, like, convinced that she was still alive, um, somewhere, which, I mean, is possible because, like, until they find, until they, like, find a body or something like that, it's, especially because of her case, the way that she disappeared, it's hard to say one way or another, but, um, it's also hard to believe that that'd be really hard to do. It'd be easier to do in the year 2004, which is when she disappeared, than it would be now because cell phones and stuff weren't around as much then, so she could have gotten away, um, and kind of restarted a life before all of that really became so, like, prevalent, um, but, but, like, they were, the, the reasons why they were so convinced was basically just because they wanted, they liked the, I think they just liked the idea of her being alive, because there's also a lot of reasons for why she might be dead, um, and they also became, like, convinced that her dad had something to do with it, it was really weird, like, I remember getting really pissed off when they, started talking about how they were, like, convinced that her dad had something to do with it, and blah, 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 um, it was really weird, so, like, if you have never heard about her case, um, it's, yeah, it's just, 
yeah, it's, it's so mysterious. I'm going to explain it, um, as best as I can anyway. So she was, uh, she was in college in Massachusetts, um, and she was just, like, now it's interesting for me to watch, to, like, re-watch those episodes now that I've gone through a lot of, um, work with therapy and trauma and self-care and stuff because I see a lot of the things that kind of she was doing in a different way than I did the first time I watched or even like the bunch of times that I watched things on her because she was basically self-destructing like I think she was having a mental breakdown of sorts um and didn't know what to do and was just kind of flailing and because on the the two-part episode thing that I watched, the host talked about how apparently, uh, like, when she was, so she went to West Point, which is a super strict, like, military kind of college. I forget which branch of the military it goes into, but it's super hard to get into West Point. You have to have, like, a 4.0 grade average and, like, 57 million extracurricular activities and and all this stuff. So it's like a big deal that she even got into that school. And she was there for um, like a semester. And then was something like they were thinking about kicking her out of the school because she got in trouble like seven different times. And when she was there and then ended up um, and then ended up dropping out before they kicked her out. And she transferred to a school in Massachusetts, which is, like, where she was from, um, she had a boyfriend that she was still, like, trying to do a long-distance relationship with when she was back in Massachusetts in college, and it's come out since then that he is super abusive, um, like, other women that he's dated or been involved with have said that he, like, tried to push her, like, push one girl, like, down the stairs at, at, like, a subway station, um, and, like, threatened to kill them, and even said, like, uh, be careful, or I'm gonna kill you like I killed Mora. (laughs) That, yeah, that's a big indicator that makes me think that she's not alive anymore. Like, people like that might lie to try to scare you, but sometimes people like that tell the truth when they're, like, losing their shit, and they're just super angry at you, and he's, he's, I guess, like, was super controlling, um, like, the last couple days before she disappeared, she wasn't, like, answering his phone calls and, or something like that, for, at least for, like, there was, like, a day where she wasn't answering when he was calling, and instead of waiting for her to call back, he just, like, called one of her friends to try to find out what was going on, um, so, yeah, that shows not any boundaries, if you're just gonna not hear from someone and, and then just immediately call another one of their friends to, like, basically be, like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, but yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if he was doing stuff at West Point and that, like, led to her getting in trouble so often, and which is why she, like, got kicked out of that college and left, um, because that's something that abused people can do. They can kind of get you to do stuff that you normally wouldn't do that would be, like, against the law or breaking rules or whatever, um to try to basically to see like if you will do it 
And then when you do it, you're the one that gets in trouble and they look like they're the nice one instead of the reality of the situation. Um, so, yeah. So anyway, she ended up in Massachusetts. Um, it, it all happened like in a couple days. It was like she was like struggling with school. Um, she got in trouble for like seeing somebody's credit card number on like the receipt in like the bathroom or something and she wrote down the person's credit card number and then used it to buy herself up like a bunch of food and get it delivered to her dorm and this is something that I never heard until I watched the the YouTube channel that I did was that she was like bulimic and that apparently everybody it was like something that everyone like people knew who knew her knew about it like everyone in her family knew about it and that um uh and they would like say stuff about it like yeah that's not good and it does like it's not surprising then that she would end up with a guy like she did at west point who is also like controlling and abusive because that's not a good dynamic to be in at all um and so she did that and got in trouble, but they basically said, like, she would be on probation for six months, and if she did something again, then, then she would get kicked out. Um, but she she was just having a hard time. She, like, got in trouble. Like, she crashed, she, like, crashed her car or something like that and needed, um, when she was, or no, wait, her dad came there and said he was going to go car shopping with her. And he got, like, the night before, she was supposed to be working at, like, like a overnight, like, dorm job, just, like, checking people's IDs when they came in to make sure that they were in the right dorm and all that kind of stuff. And they weren't just, like, a random person just, like, randomly walking around a dorm that could hurt people. And um, she was, like, really upset, like, crying. And she wouldn't say what happened except, like, she, she just said, my sister. And they found out, like year, like, 10 years later that her oldest sister was going to rehab for alcoholism and so she was really upset by that um and so literally the day after she was really upset by something with her sister her dad comes and says that he's going to take her car shopping because she had a 96 saturn which 96 saturns were pieces of garbage <laughs> especially when you live somewhere that where it snows a friend of mine in high school had, like, a 1995 Saturn forever, and that car was ridiculous. Like, they're so light that they just, like, fling around the road when there's ice or wind or something. It just feels like you're just gonna, you're, like, in a go-kart, and you're about to fly off the highway and die. <laughs> um, so, on one hand, I can understand why he would want to get her a better car, but at the same time, it's, like, it felt like he was showing, in, in my mind now, it felt like he was showing up to buy her something, to try to make her feel better because she was sad about her sister like it reminded me of the thing of how my mom like wants to buy me things or give me money to like try to like win me over um so that that's what that reminds me of now and either way he buys he gets a new car his dad her dad he like drives her to this liquor store where her and her friend buy a bunch of alcohol before they go to a party and he lets her like use his car and then you know she she goes to a party and gets drunk and then at like three o'clock in the morning she like drives the car into like a guardrail and like and gets the car towed back to the to his hotel room and 
shows up there, like, drunk and spends the night, like, sleeping in, like, her dad's hotel room, which is weird because, like, what? Um, and then, uh, and then, like, the next day and then, and then, like, the day or so after that, she packs up everything in her dorm room, like, takes, like, the posters off the wall, takes, like, all the, um, all of her clothes, like, out of, like, takes everything down, puts it into, into cardboard boxes, like, when you're moving out, except that this was in, like, February, so they weren't going anywhere yet, and she left, like, a note, I guess, and in the note, she, she apparently said something about her boyfriend, um, but during this time was when, like, her boyfriend was trying to get a hold of her, and they, she couldn't, they couldn't get a hold of her, she emailed one of her professors, some, one of her professors, at least, and lied, and said that there was some, like, family emergency and she had to like a there was like a death in the family and she had to miss like a test and could she make it up later and the, of course the professor said yes I did that many times when I was in college it was like a running joke of me and my sisters that she said that she had to go to her sister's wedding um or like my sister's having surgery she said that like four billion times to a bunch of different professors when she was in college because we used to uh, the last couple years uh, that she was in college, we would go on, like, Hanson road trips and stuff a lot, and so she missed a bunch of, like, class time, <laughs> um, so we definitely did that, but she basically, like, looked up staying in a cabin in this place in New Hampshire, which is, like, right by Massachusetts, um, that's, like, uh, like, the getaway place, like, their family always went to when they were a kid, and, so she, like, was gonna drive up there to, and, like, rented a cabin up there, and was gonna drive up there for, like, the long weekend, at, at least, um, to get away for a few days, when, because of just everything was happening, like, she kept, like, drinking, and then getting in trouble for driving when she was drinking, she, like, was struggling with stuff with her family, her sister was going to rehab for alcoholism, and, like, things were difficult with her and her boyfriend, and, there's just a lot of stuff happening and so I understand why she would want to like go somewhere that's comforting and all that like like that kind of place to get away for a while but then on the drive up there she was on a highway in New Hampshire somewhere like in the part where there is just like forest and in the country and she like got in a she got in an accident and um the other person that she hit said that they could tell that she was like somewhat intoxicated like there was like a box of red wine they found like a, a box wine red wine in the car and like a soda bottle that she had put like alcohol in that she was drinking when she was driving and so she was like begging the guy who she was in an accident with to not call anyone to not call the police about the accident because she had called AAA. And the guy thought that she was lying because um, there wasn't good cell phone service where they were. And it, and he knew that they're, like she probably hadn't been able to get through to them. Um, and sh and then the guy like left and because his car was okay, but hers was more messed up. And so the guy like, I think that she was in the accident with, like left the scene and her car was still in the road. And then when by a couple minutes later the police got there and she was like just gone and nobody has ever seen her since so it's like a serious mystery where 
this girl kept having like these problems like it seemed like she was going through a really hard time she kept doing the self-destructive behavior um and was just trying to seem like she was just trying to get away for a while to like from everyone to try to get a handle on things and um and then like was afraid of probably getting a DUI especially because like two days earlier she had gotten in trouble for driving when she was drinking in her dad's car and um and then and so people are like did she just like run off and um and like you know and some and one of the neighbors or something in the area hurt her or like did somebody or like and they asked like all the houses that were nearby and nobody said they saw her so it's like did she like run in the woods and get lost and die did she like go to some one of those people for help and they instead were like horrible and killed her um did like some car like not see her because it's country roads at night like you really can't see much on the on those kind of roads so it's like did somebody just like not see her when she was like walking down the road trying to probably get somewhere where she could get a cell phone signal and um call for help and like hit her with her car and just like hide her body so that they wouldn't get in trouble like that that happens like did she or did she like seriously like use that as a reason to just like start over a new life like the only other clue past that day that anyone's ever seen is that her she had a cell phone but she also used like pay like prepay cards to call people and like in 2004 that was like before like I had a cell phone then but it was like that was when everybody had like brick phones and signals weren't that great like that was back when I was a freshman in college and I would have to stand next to a dumpster outside my apartment to get like a signal to be able to talk to somebody like I could be in my apartment and the phone would ring but as soon as I would answer and we would start to try to start talking, they wouldn't be able to understand me. So signals, like, weren't as good then. So, like, people used to use those prepaid cards a lot more to call people and would just, like, call people from um, pay phones. So there's her boyfriend got this call that they think is from her. It basically sounded like it was her crying, but he didn't answer the call because he was going through security at the airport. And when he tried to call back, it just said it was, like, one of those prepaid cards. And they knew that she used she used prepaid cards, and they're pretty sure that that was her. And then um, her cell phone pinged in this one, like, little small town. And that was it. That's it. They've never found anything. They've never found her body. They've never found anything about her. And so, like, that story watching it again just kind of seeing like wow her family really sucked ass (laughs) and was not a good family dynamic like I can understand more why when she was in college she was having like a mental breakdown of sorts and needed especially considering that her boyfriend also it was is abusive um because he's been he's been charged and gotten in trouble for sexual abuse since then um like, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I rem- like me, when I was in college, I had a mental breakdown and dropped out of college basically a semester after she did. Like, she was, like, a sophomore in college in, t- in 2004, 
that like spring semester in 2004 and um my last or no I'm trying to think no my um my my semester in college when I had that breakdown was the like first semester of my junior year which was basically one semester after when she did when she was a sophomore but it was a year after that but still it's the basic time of like my family isn't supportive of me there it's already kind of a weird like abusive situation um and then I'm involved with people that don't really understand me either and I don't know how to be a person without people telling me what to do and like you know the whole like impulsive decisions she made like um like her having an eating disorder makes sense for the whole thing of like stealing somebody's credit card info just to buy like a whole bunch of food and um and like uh trying to like probably numb emotions with alcohol and stuff like that's the kind of stuff that you do when those she's like trying to cope and not feel things as much in by covering it up with food and alcohol like I do that just with food um but yeah like the interviews with her family was it was just they sounded so like I don't know why she just didn't come for us and ask for help and it's like because you sound like you're bored that's why and because they talked about how like when she was in high school her older sister and her were supposedly really close but they were also like they both did track and field and were like uber competitive with each other like she like went to west point because her sister went to west point and um yeah it's like and their dad was like their her track and field their track and field coach so i'm sure he like drove like that competitiveness because people like that are stupid and they think that that like is a good thing to do to your children um so uh yeah so uh yeah a lot of that like I was just like oh my Jesus Christ I identify so much with this girl and like a couple months ago there was one of those tweets going around that was like if you could solve one mystery like true crime mystery or whatever what would it be and I said her um just because like this what I just said is all that they have there's so many questions and it's one of those things like there's been cases like that that haven't been that have been really confusing and then once it's solved it's like once you know this like little bit of information then all of a sudden all these weird things that you didn't understand before make more sense but until that moment happens it's just super confusing and since it's an older case because it's from you know 2004 it's been 16 years and it's still unsolved it's like i just hope that one day it is solved um and people can know what happened to her like either way it's just really sad too i think to think that someone who's like 20 21 20 i think and like just like struggling with life at the time to think that like wanting to like run off and be on her own for a few days um when she's feeling overwhelmed by life could have led to the her death is just really sad and the other thing that i watched today that made me sad was um the same channel had a bunch of episodes on Heaven's Gate, which is a, like, a cult that, they're the cult that, like, all did a group suicide together in the 90s. They, like, all wore the same Nike shirt, like, Nike shoes and, like, and, like, purple robes and stuff. 
Um, like once I learned, I haven't learned about that. And I think it's because they, that cult, basically the two leaders of it basically took spirituality and like twisted it to get people who would go towards like the spiritual side and want to like get into like tarot readings and use crystals and do yoga and like do shadow work like all the stuff that I've done to improve my mental health but instead of telling them you know to like work on themselves and that they're loved and that they're worth it they told they told them that like we're aliens on earth and you have to like cut yourself off from any your all of your like emotional things you can't have and like one of the leaders of it was bisexual and got and like lost his family when he was found to be bi like he got caught with a man and so then his wife divorced him and he never saw his kids again so because of that like homophobia and stigma he um he said that nobody in the group could have sex and and it wasn't like a a, asexual thing like not having sex it was like a like no one could have any feelings because um because when I had feelings they were really painful like it just seemed like two people who were like depressed and going through a hard time um went into spirituality and then started to believing that they were like these super important people but like and got more depressed people to follow them and just tell themselves that they were happy even though they weren't it was it's just really sad to like see those people talk because they take like the ideas of spirituality and but they like mutated them some to their own wants and needs like spirituality isn't telling you that like your body doesn't matter or like this life doesn't matter or that you need to like cut like telling yourself that you can't love anyone you can't be you can't like talk to your family because those are like messy human emotions and like heaven isn't about that like no that's the opposite of what they tell you. They want you to, like, feel everything and have emotions and, um, and like, gain attachments because that's what makes life worth it. Like, isolating yourself and never feeling anything and be numb all the time, that's, like, a horrible way to live. Um, so watching that and then I watched a video on, there's a coach in gymnastics that's, super abusive that got banned from coaching for five years and usa gymnastics is getting ready to do a hearing to ban her for life and she like had this piece in the new york times where she's trying the coach is trying to make it sound like they're coming after her of course because she's a crazy narcissist like she literally said i just care too much which is like the narcissist thing to say is i just care more than you you just don't understand no no you're a crazy controlling freak that's what's going on here but like that's the thing that they always say and um the video on it was somebody who talked to a bunch of parents about what was going on at mg elite that's the name of the gym that she uh, i think she's still somehow coaching there even though they can't like she's banned for the next five years from you from anything involved with usa gymnastics like at first they had her banned for eight years and knocked it down to five and people were mad about that but like honestly i don't even think that that makes any difference because five years is like an eternity in in gymnastics like i don't know if it's 
it might not be like this for every other sport, but with gymnastics, like, everything runs in, like, the four-year cycle, because every, like, the four, there's always four years with this certain quote of points, like, the Olympics happen, and then after the Olympics happen, they always, FIG is, like, the governing body for gymnastics, they always get to to get together after the Olympics, and change the rules in certain ways, and then that quote of point lasts for the next, like the quad, they call it quadratium or the quad, or for the next four years. Like this year is different because they put the Olympics off until 2021, um, which makes this next one even more interesting, but because the people who are competing who aren't age eligible in 2021 have only like three years, like two like two um years where they can compete before it's the olympic year but anyway um like being gone for five years like not having not being able to coach for five entire years is a super long time in gymnastics because a lot of things change in five years like the rules change like the equipment that people use change the um like just kind of like the techniques that people do like one of the things that uh that is really helpful about USA Gymnastics the like elite team they have they usually have like monthly camps and one of the things that a lot of the coaches like about it is that all of the coaches go there and there's like also a national team coach for each event and they help each other so like if you go there and maybe you're like a newer coach to elite and you don't know these little techniques or tricks that, like, your kid can try to see if they get better at floor or vault or whatever, there's, like, a national team coach that will, like, tell you, that will help you out and tell you what things you can try, um, and there's, like, and the other coaches help each other out, um, so it's, like, like, not being part of that at all, for five years that's a career ender like that's it that's what they're doing they're like they're making it where she can never coach like you especially especially with gymnastics like I don't know if it's like this everywhere else but with gymnastics everything like so much about like who uh, um parents like trust with their kids like send them in order for parents to trust a coach to send them to their gym, a lot of it is based kind of on word of mouth and reputation. So, like, before, um, this coach was getting a lot of really good gymnasts because she actually had my favorite gymnast, one of my favorite gymnasts, Lori Hernandez, was one of her gymnasts. And they went to the Olympics. Lori did a great job at the Olympics. She won two medal she got an individual medal which is always a big thing like if uh if a gymnast can leave and get an individual medal then I always feel really happy that that they like because you never know what will happen it's so hard or almost impossible to go back to another one so if they have an individual one then I feel like they'll be even more happy and like satisfied with with kind of what they did um so it went pretty much as best as it possibly could have um, so she got a lot of, like, really good kind of elites that were coming up and coming to her gym because of that, 
but now her reputation is ruined and it's just going to get worse as more time goes on and more gymnasts talk because she's like a crazy out of control narcissist and more the more time goes on more like parents and um athletes will talk and they can't and she can't cover it up anymore like one of her gymnasts sued her in civil court um recently for making her train when she was injured and her and her mom like lay it all out with like when she was when she got injured and how they she made her train and um and all this stuff and um and she's doing that to like because if you ruin her and take all of her money then she doesn't have anything like I'm glad she they're going for like punishing her like taking her money from her and ruining her reputation even more because in that civil case case uh they can she can talk about her but they can also talk about then like all the other gymnasts can also come forward and even if it's not like a like something involving the USA gymnastics community or whatever it's like even if it's not like they're hearing all that information is going to be out there and no parent will ever trust her with their child ever again ever 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 like ever (laughs) um that's like never going to happen when you have all of that stuff out there about you like what they would just google her name and see it and then like that's what they're basically doing and um but that stuff was just especially the Maggie Haney thing that's the name of the coach is really upsetting because I really liked her and I realize now that I didn't I fought I like argued with fans who thought that she was like a narcissist and stuff because she reminded me of my mom so I didn't want her to be a narcissist because I wasn't ready to deal with that at the time and now it just makes me really sad that uh, when I couldn't get over my own bullshit, like, her, the gymnasts that I really liked were being abused, but, and it's sad to know that there's some, there's some parents who still have her, like, somehow coaching her kids, their kids, even though they can't, um, even though they can't go to any USA Gymnastics competitions, which basically means that whatever coaching they're getting is completely worthless, it's just like sad because the way that they she talks to those kids is just like like she acts like she made them into who they are and that um it's not because of them and the fact that they're great gymnasts part of the thing one thing though with that that's making me really happy is that Loy Hernandez is now at a at a different gym she's been there for probably like a year or year year and a half two years something like that and looks like really good and the other gymnast that her and her mom are actually suing her her name's Riley McCusker she's at another gym and um, especially this coming up year where people actually like where they actually have competitions again where they will compete like they already look way better in the um like the videos they put out of themselves on Instagram like um, they just, like, their bodies look stronger, and they're obviously in a much better, like, mental health situation, like, somebody isn't screaming at them and calling them stupid and an idiot and fat and ugly and, and all these horrible mean names or, like, making them train when they're injured when they shouldn't be and, 
and stuff like that like um yeah they're they're not going through that anymore so they're able when you're not in that environment you can handle gymnastics a lot better and their bodies also just look stronger like their tumbling is way better for both of them um, because you know their bodies aren't so injured and um yeah and it's just really nice to it's almost like seeing the two of them compete and however happier they are it'll be like another like slap in the face to maggie and mg elite because her whole thing is like i made you into into the gymnast you were just average and i made you like this great gymnast but it's like well these two gymnasts left your gym and they're even better now now that they've gone like it totally like knocks down the whole like gaslighting manipulative like talk that her and the other coaches at that gym do to not just the kids but also to the parents to make them feel like they can't leave that gym um so yeah that was a lot that was a lot of emotions especially the the more murray one what is like more just like uber frustrating wanting to know what happened to her but yeah and then today i also just had like a i guess the best thing is like a moment with thinking about um like the Lincoln Park friend that I've mentioned on here before and just being really frustrated with that situation because this is definitely like my my trust issues and my paranoia and stuff coming out but I can never like completely shake the feeling that like that she's somehow not being authentic and by that I mean like that she's like that she's like not who she says she is like she's or she's not being authentic with me um like this is hard to explain on a thing like this because it happened like you know over time but Basically, I, I've talked about the Chester Bennington, like, investigation stuff on here a few times. So at least you guys know that I'm somewhat involved in it. And um, it's basically, like, in 2019, I got involved with the Lincoln Park fandom in that year, like, in the beginning of that year. And just kind of followed some people on Twitter, like, nothing big. She was one of the people I followed. And... It, she was the one that showed me some stuff that his the wife the wife he had when he died said that made me really like question because before that I thought that him and his wife had a really great relationship and that he was happy with her but then she showed me some quotes she said where the things she said was just very ignorant of mental illness and how the mental health system works and I was like there's no way that and like if she's saying things like that publicly and thinks that she knows what she's talking about because she's running a nonprofit that's supposed to help people with mental illness and that's why she's like doing these interviews and saying these things like then she didn't know anything about 
what was actually going on with his treatment and in his life, which means that he felt like he had to hide that from her. Um, and that's not good. And, um, she like helped me figure that out. And after that, I started kind of, that was when I started kind of trying to like, this is the kind of stuff that I do. I just keep looking into stuff until I run out of things to find. Um, and that kind of started happening about looking into like his autopsy, his death, like any questions about it, about who was involved, the, like the different police officers who responded, um, if there was a possible, and then like, once I saw the autopsy and saw like all the stuff that the police didn't do, then like all these, like all these questions just kept popping up and it was a nice, it was honestly the best distraction when I was at Rogers last year to spend, I spent the majority of that time just kind of looking into that stuff. And it gave me something else to think about besides myself. And um, she was one that kind of started me on that. Like I started investigating his immediate like family members, like his mom and his sister. And because they were, they're basically bullying fans online because they have problems and they're narcissists and they don't like it when people don't like them and fans don't like them because Chester was honest in the interviews about how his childhood was so obviously we're not going to like you (laughs) but you know narcissists don't like that so that's their way of dealing with it um and so it kind of created like it became like a whole thing from there um But, so there's, like, this part of me that always feels like, like, that she and the other people that I considered, like, friendly, at least, that I knew in that community, like, don't really care about me. They just want, I found things that they didn't know how to find because I worked for attorneys, so I kind of knew where things, that certain like legal documents were um like I just knew like where to find like circuit court websites and that every state had like the circuit court things like online for free that you could just look up and read um and I just I'm just that type of person that when I don't know something and I'm just curious I just start googling stuff until I figure it out basically or I realize that I can't find out what it is. But either way, I'll, I'll look into it until I figure it out in some way. Um, and so I just feel like those people just saw someone who could find the stuff they wanted to know. So there's this part of me that is always wondering, like, are they just being nice to me because they want to know what I know? Or they want to... Or they want to know more and they think that I can tell them or they or the other way like do they just not trust me and they think that I know more than I'm saying so they then are like it's one of those things like do they feel the same way about me as I feel about them 
like can do they think I'm not being authentic do they think that I'm somebody else and I actually know more than I'm saying but I just don't want to tell them yet because I don't trust them or something I don't know but I every time I talk to her sometimes I just get this feeling like 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 it's it's that something isn't authentic and part of like I argue with myself with it all the time because I'm like because I do have a lot of trust issues and like I said it to my friends the other day like my trust issues have trust issues because I I don't think I have to explain why I have trust issues (laughs) Uh, but it's obvious why I do so it's like like so part of me is like am I just taking people that seem nice Um, and, like, trying to pick them apart to find something not right with them because I want to be able to justify, like, not talking to them anymore or feeling like I need to, like, move on or whatever? Or is there something actually off about this situation? Um, and my instincts in that area are right and it's not coming from a place of, like, me, of, like, fear of me fearing being hurt um, by someone or something like that. Like, I don't know. And, like, this friend, like, sent me something in the mail, like, two months ago, granted, but she sent me something in the mail. And I still haven't gotten it yet because our mailing system is ridiculous right now, but she cared enough to buy me something or something. So it's like, Am I being ridiculous? I don't know, but I can't help but keep getting this feeling like like she's like talks to me, but she doesn't actually care that much about me and is just wanting to kind of use the knowledge that I have to get as much information as she can out of me. Like that's the I don't know, like I don't like feeling that way about a person because actually really like the times that I get along with this person is really nice and it's fun and we can joke around and laugh but like like today she sent me a like a Facebook video of a black person who was murdered by the police over the summer and she said like oh this is a stupid way to die and I was like this dude was murdered by the police like why is why is she calling him an idiot and saying that he was stupid and stuff and I was like and she was trying to like be like oh well the police said this and this and this and I was like yeah but like the police lie all the time and I like looked up the dude's case and the police said they tased him and it didn't work so then they shot him in the back and I was like that's literally the same thing they said to Jake about Jacob Blake in Kenosha and there was video of the fact that that was a lie they tased him and he like because you don't take you can't tase someone and then that person continue to move like that's impossible like when once you're tased like your body is just like going through convulsions and like sometimes people like have a heart attack after they've been tased because of it's a it's literally being like electrocuted so there's no way that they tased him and the guy like got up and kept trying to run away but even if he got up and was trying to run away from them like 
running away from the cops doesn't mean that they can just kill you and shoot you in the back and murder you. So it was like, how is this person sending me this video that is like the last couple minutes basically of this dude's life when he was, he did like a Facebook live and the video ends like right before he got out of the car and that was like right before the police shot him in the back and killed him. So it's like, why would this video be something that you would want to watch? And then like, how do you watch something like that and come out of it saying that he is an idiot and died for something stupid? Like she was saying, like, oh, he's trying to show up on show off on Facebook. And I was like, that doesn't fucking matter. Like if you're like the police are are like the police fucking killed him. And to like a black dude like running from the police is just a solid life choice that's not like that doesn't make you an idiot and even if you think that like he sh- people are allowed to run away from the cops without being just like executed in the middle of the day like on a normal city street for that like like the dude like jacob blake in kenosha like this guy in indianapolis was killed just in, on a normal city street in the same way so it's like, how does this person think that, like, out of, after knowing everything they know about me, um, how could they possibly ever think that I would be, that I would want to watch a video like that and that I would agree with, with saints, with saying that. Like, I would never want to watch a video that's the last couple minutes of somebody's life anyway, because that's scary to think that right after that video ended, he was killed by the police. Like, I hate videos like that. Um, so, like, I wouldn't want to watch that anyway, but then, like, why would I want, I would definitely not call him an idiot and say that he died for nothing, like, he was murdered, like, I would say that he died for nothing because the police murdered him, but it wasn't because of, like, saying anything mean about him, and she was saying, like, mean things about the victim who's now dead, and so it's, I just get so confused, like, And that's kind of how I felt when I was around, when I still had, like, my mom and stuff in my life. I would get really confused about whether I should trust my instincts or not. So, like, my instincts say, like, these people don't actually care about me, that they just kind of are placating me because they want me to investigate into things and think that I'll find things out that they, for whatever reason, can't find. And... I know that they probably don't understand me because I wasn't involved in, like, the Linkin Park fandom at all and just popped up when I did. And and I don't actually care about the fandom. That's the thing. I don't really care about the fandom. Like, I did, I did care about some of them for a while, but then the ones that I cared about, like, you know, don't got upset because of things that I think about, um the stuff that they say about suicide and how they talk about Chester and stuff. So, like, I let a lot of that go after... I basically let all that go after that. Like, I look at... There's some pe- some of them that I still follow, but I don't care about, like, what the fandom is doing or saying. I don't care about what they're thinking about. I don't even care about, like... Like, a lot of them, like... Um, like, you know, they do fandom things. They have things that the fandom is talking about. Or they, like, try to be friends with the people who work for, like, the record company where they work. Because they, you know, 
know a lot of stuff and it's just nice to get along with people like that like or you know they watch like the 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 dvd and like they watch a lot of them watch like live shows off of youtube all the time i can't watch live shows because it just makes me fucking depressed that i never got to see them live um but like uh, like i love them i love their music as a band but a lot of the love that i have for them comes from loving who chester was as a person and so the like it's hard like it's hard for me like i'm like maybe one of the only fans of this band out there on earth that doesn't want them to make music <laughs> like continuing because i just feel like it will be less than like i just feel like it will like uh, the six of them together with chester was like the absolute best music and everything they could ever do and i don't want them to continue I don't want them to try to make music that is less than what they made before because they don't have like that like that they're missing one of one person that like really made everything like everything was better when he was there like Mike like Mike's writing they're like the way that they like bounce ideas off of each other to get like the best lyrics and music ideas from songs and his singing and all of that and just like even the bond that the six of them had of how they were friends and in each other's lives and stuff like i think that it kept like him and mike as being as close as they were and then also like his kind of the issues that he was always dealing with throughout throughout the years kind of kept them all as a group together and now that he's gone like they're still good friends and everything but they're not as they don't see each other as often and I think it's easier for them to kind of go a while without talking or seeing each other now. Um, But it's like, but just musically, like the six of them together was like the peak of, of their band and how good they can sound. I don't want them to try to make more music because they feel like they should. That isn't as good as what they made before. Um, And so a lot of fans are, they're like the opposite. Like they want, they they hate the idea that they're done and that they'll never make more music ever again where I'm like I would rather they not make music again because the six of them together was the special thing and I don't want like a lesser version of that just because I miss them as a band like yes I miss them as like making music too but um but I miss them with Chester like I don't I miss them with this person that can never be with them anymore. So I think that people, like, I think that other fans are just so confused by that. Because it is the opposite of how most of them feel. But it's like, I would, I don't want to have, like, a lesser version of the real thing. Of, like, the thing that I really wanted. Or in the thing that I really loved. I would rather be able to love and appreciate and see um, the things from the time like there are 20 years basically of time that with him that we can enjoy and love and make sure that people don't forget but yeah so there was some of that today too of just like arguing with myself like am I wrong am I just being paranoid like I don't know I really don't know 
And it's really hard for me to ever make a decision one way or another because I second guess myself constantly. And I just get so fucking confused. And then I get tired of being confused. (sighs) 